Well, praise the Lord. Thank you all for coming tonight, and thank you, Pastor Yeomans, for giving me the opportunity to preach tonight. It's always a privilege to get to preach from God's Word, and I always enjoy very loud ringing while I'm speaking. It's fantastic. And I'm just thankful for this time that I get to study God's Word. I enjoy diving into God's Word. And this uh, sermon that I'm going to preach tonight is something that uh, God's really laid on my heart and convicted me about. Uh, just a quick introduction. I know Rachel and I are new to the church. Uh, as Pastor Holland said, I studied at West Coast Baptist College for a few years there, and that's where uh, Rachel and I met. And uh, about a month before we were married, the whole time we were deciding where we were going to move, and we were for sure going to move to the United States, and then uh, because I'm from California, and uh, we weren't entirely sure, and then we were praying about it, and uh, God moved my heart to where we ended up moving to Canada, and I believe that this is God's will for us, and we're exactly where he wants us for the time now. And uh, very thankful for the opportunity to join the church. Rachel and I are excited to get to hop in and help in ministry and excited for, again, the opportunity to preach tonight. Uh, if you could turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12. Now I know uh, Levi preached last Sunday night about... Uh, how we need rest, and this Sunday I'm going to preach about how it's time to wake up for us spiritually. Let's go ahead and read if everybody's there. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Uh, let's pray to start the service today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for allowing me to be able to study the scripture this week and bring the message that I believe that you have me to bring tonight. Lord, please help uh, the words spoken tonight to be your words and to be encouraging to the church family and Lord, convicting as well, Lord, as I know that they've been convicting to me as I've been studying. Lord, once again, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to preach and thank you for Bible Baptist for meeting on a Sunday evening, Lord, to worship you. And I uh, just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, clocks are an amazing invention. Since time has, uh, began, man has always looked for ways to measure time. Uh, it started out with a sundial, a little less than accurate at nighttime. And then they came out with, the, uh, with an hourglass. But then you had to have someone go and flip it every hour. And man's has kept improving. And now we have clocks. And everything's moving to digital now because... Apparently, it's too hard to read an analog clock, so now everything's digital. You can just look and see the time right away. Uh, every morning, I wake up to an alarm clock, which is, you know, fantastic. Who doesn't love that fantastic alarm every morning when you wake up? Mine's set for 4.45. Every day, I know it's going to go off with that wonderful sound to wake up in the morning, too, that wonderful shrill alarm that's going to wake me up until I either wake up or I press the snooze button. And as we look at the passage today, we see a clear call from God to wake up. Behold, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep. Yet, how many of us decide to hit the snooze button in our lives or just completely ignore the, God, the call of God altogether? How many of us treat God like that alarm clock in the morning? It's just something annoying that happens all the time and we just shut it off completely or ignore it. Let's dive into the scripture and see why it is time for us to wake up, you know. My first point is, what does it cost to stay asleep? You know, sometimes that's something that we don't really consider is that it 
uh, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. When we stay asleep, you know, there's consequences to that. You know, what happens when you miss a day of work? And now what happens when you miss an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus? How much more important is that opportunity to tell someone about Jesus than our work? Yet sometimes more, uh, some of us will put more, uh, more merit into getting to work on time than we will on getting to those appointments that God has given to us. You know, we'll worry more about if we're going to make it to work on time than uh, if someone, you know, needs our help and we have an opportunity to share the gospel. We're okay with missing that more than we're okay with missing time at work. And my first sub-point under that is, you know, it costs the souls of others. Uh, a lot of times, you know, while I was studying, I really, this thought really convicts me. If we look in the book of Jonah, we look at the life of Jonah. He was a prophet of God. He got a word from God about a specific timing that God wanted him to go to the city of Nineveh. Jonah ignored that call, went and did what he wanted to do, went and got a ship going the complete opposite way of God, where God told him to go. God eventually got a hold of his heart in the belly of the whale, and he finally made it over to Nineveh. It said that it was a th three days travel from the beach where he was to the city of Nineveh, and then he started preaching God's word. In between that time, how many people died and went to hell because Jonah did not follow God immediately? We don't know how much time happened in between God's call and him going the complete opposite direction finally coming back the right way. All we know for sure is those six days in the whale's belly and then to Nineveh. But it always convicts me about, you know, how much time was lost, how much time was wasted, how many people were lost in Jonah's time in getting to Nineveh. And I think about that a lot of time in our lives. We have all this time that we can invest. You know, God has called us to reach others and we're asleep. God calls us to wake up and spiritually we're asleep. We see those opportunities. God's calling us. He has the alarm in our head. Hey, I need you to go talk to this person. And we completely ignore it. Or sometimes we get too busy. You know, we invest our time in other places. But God's given us a finite amount of time to be able to reach these people. You know, I know that these, uh, the people in Nineveh didn't know how long they had left either. You know, they didn't know that their last opportunity to meet Jesus would, you know, they didn't know Jonah was coming. They had that time, but they didn't know how much time they had left. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 4, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse number three really gets to me, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The gospel is hid from those that are lost. They don't know what they're missing because we're not sharing it with them. We're not taking the time out of our busy schedules. We're not waking up when we should be. We're not awake enough to share the gospel with others. I don't know about you guys, but I know that when I'm asleep, I don't get much work done. I don't get any work done when I'm asleep. And that's why God has to call us to wake up, because we've fallen asleep. We've fallen into what's comfortable spiritually, to where it's easy just to stay asleep and to ignore that call of God. But when you think about it, the gospel is hid to those who are lost. And we're called and have the opportunity to share the gospel with the lost. We have that time that God's given us 
Are we using that time effectively? Are we hearing that alarm? And not only are the souls of others lost at a cost when we stay asleep, but also our own spiritual effectiveness. Uh, look with me in Proverbs chapter 24. We'll look at verses 30 through 34. Our verses say, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and I want as an armed man. If we look at that in the perspective of our spiritual walk, if we stay asleep and aren't maintaining our own lives, we can't be spiritually effective when God wakes us up and has those opportunities for us to go and reach to others. If we allow our lives to be grown over with thorns and nettles, and God wakes us up for that opportunity, you know, we can't be ready to be used of God. And uh, verse 12 from our uh, opening verse it says, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. We need to have the armor of light on and ready to be used by God when that time comes. When God wakes us up and we get those opportunities, it's not enough to just be awake. We have to be spiritually prepared for those times. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. And it's hard to study when you're asleep. You know, when we ignore those calls from God to wake up and he gives us those opportunities to prepare and study, if we stay asleep, we're allowing ourselves to become spiritually apathetic and we're allowing those things to grow up in our lives that are going to make us ineffective. And again, that's going to cost the lives of others as we made in the first point because we're not ready to speak when God has opportunities for us to speak. We all love to go to local farmer's markets and fruit stands and enjoy fresh produce. However, if the farmer never works in the field and never puts forth any effort, he will not yield any fruit. And just like the farmer, we must strive every day for fruit and to profit spiritually. We have the profit of the treasure in heaven only if we're willing to work for it. God wants us to work. God made us to work. In the Garden of Eden, when God first made man, he made Adam to work before the sin, before the sin curse. You know, God wanted him to still dress the fields. Work is a good thing. Work is a spiritual thing. And we need to be ready to work and set to work. Um, if we're not willing to work, God can't use us. God can't use an unwilling heart. God can make our hearts willing and then can use us. But we have to be willing to be used by the Lord. Just like the same with a the farmer. They get up every day. I've never gone to a farmer's market and talked to a farmer and said, wow, you know, how much work, you know, how much time did this take? And he was like, I don't know. I woke up one morning and they were there. It was fantastic. I didn't have to put in any work. I've never once heard that from a farmer, yet sometimes we treat our spiritual lives like that. We expect stuff just to grow up overnight. We don't take the time to study or to read God's word, but, uh, and we wonder why we're not growing spiritually. I know that's happened before in my life. Uh, the Lord's really uh, started to speak to me about my devotionals, and my wife and I have been uh, doing devotionals together. And I can feel a huge difference when you are awake and you put in the effort and let God speak to you and you allow the fruit to grow in your own life so that you can share with others. 
Again, if we're not willing to till the ground, put in that work, uh, why, what, why is God going to grow us up if we're not willing to invest in Him? If we're not going to be searching Him out? We have to be willing to take away the dross, you know, take away the works of darkness from the night and put on the armor of God. So we've seen uh, what does it cost to stay asleep. Now, you know, why should we get up? My, my second point is why should we get up? Uh, it is hard to wake up and get to work. You know, I know this every morning. It's really hard to get up. I wake up in the morning and I lay in bed and I'm like, would it really be that bad to miss just one day of work? You know, would they miss me that bad? You know, it's very easy, but then you realize, you know, start thinking about my wife, start thinking about things that I need to provide for as a husband. I got to get up and I got to go to work. You know, I realize that there's things that need to be done. We all have responsibilities. You know, how often do we treat our physical jobs as more important to the spiritual job than God has given us to do? You know, as I was talking about earlier, how often do we treat our work uh, more highly than we do our spiritual work? Like I said, we'll get up early in the morning. We'll go every day to work. We'll work eight hours. You know, we'll work overtime if they want it. But when God gives us an appointment, we're too tired or we're too busy to listen to God. When God wants us to wake up, you know, we'll hit that snooze button and we'll be, uh, we'll say, you know, we always got more time. You know, God, I'll probably talk to this person later. Uh, we come up with a bunch of excuses. Yet when it comes to our physical work, uh, we always make sure that one of the things that we do is we're always there on time. And one of the reasons why we should wake up is there's work to be done, just as I was talking about. In uh, Romans, in our opening verse there, knowing the time that now it's high time to wake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than we believed. You know, God's coming back soon. If you look at our world nowadays, uh, we're getting closer and closer to the Lord returning. You know, it says the night is far spent and the day is at hand. And, you know, the Bible says that the night cometh when no man shall work. We're getting to that point to where there's not going to be any time left. You know, the Bible says in James that our life is like a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And too many of us, myself included, don't think about that. We treat our life like it's always going to be there, like we're always going to have more time. Yet that's not always the case. John 4.35 says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the field, for they are white already to harvest. And that's Jesus talking back in Bible times that the time is now, that the time is now to get the harvest. How much more nowadays? There's so many people going through hard times, especially with COVID, uh, being alone, needing someone to talk to. How many of us take that time out of our days, invest that time into others, and use those opportunities as we should. You know, there's work to be done. There's stuff that we need to do, and there's a reason to get up every day spiritually. Prepare yourselves with that armor of light, as the Bible talks about there in uh, verse number 12 in our opening passage there. We need to be prepared to get work done. Uh, we have to make sure that our tools are ready. You know, uh, I work at a tool and die shop, and in uh, Almer, and if we went to work every day and the tools weren't ready to be used, you know, we would waste a lot of time in starting our day if we had to go and just grab those tools once the day's already started. You have to go and do preparation beforehand, and that's why it's time for us to wake up out of sleep. And also, because Jesus is counting on us, 
in Romans 10, 13, and 14, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know, all of us may not go and be pastors of a church, uh, may not go and be missionaries, you know, to a foreign land, but we can be, you know, preachers, teachers of God's word at our workplace, with our friends at the grocery store. I'm not saying you have to go and stand in the middle of an aisle with a Bible and start uh, reading the Romans road to anybody that walks by, but you can be a testimony in your life. A phrase that I really like is, you may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. Somebody may never pick up a physical Bible and read it, but you know, at work or in our daily lives as we walk around, people see how you live your life, how you spend your time, if you're awake spiritually, and they see that. They see what you take pride in, what you spend your time with, what you talk about, and they look at that. Like I said, they may never read a Bible, but they will read and look at your life. So how do our lives look? Are we awake? Are we suited up in God's word? Are we looking for those opportunities to invest in the uh, eternal life of others? Luke 19, 39 and 40 says, And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And in these verses, God is talk, uh, the, Jesus is talking about uh, the disciples and the people are saying, you know, Hosanna in the highest, they're praising the Lord. And the Pharisees want them to stop because, of course, they don't believe that Jesus is God. But God says, Jesus says that, you know, if they weren't to honor me, if they weren't to praise me, then the stones would cry out. You know, there's, there's work to be done and God has chosen us to do it. He's counting on us to do it. He wants us to be the ones to reach out. If we look in that verse... God could use the rocks if he had to. God's willing to use anything to bring glory to him. And he's given us that opportunity to be the ones who get to bring him glory. So are we awake and looking for those opportunities to be the one to get to, be, to bring the glory to God? Are we awake for those opportunities or are we ignoring those opportunities? And finally, we'll look at uh, how do we stay awake? I know for myself, it's a little hard to make uh, coffee in the mornings, but a lot of people go off of coffee. Uh, but what are we giving ourselves spiritually to stay awake? We need encouragement, and it's not always easy. You know, it's not easy to stay awake spiritually in this world where we're constantly bombarded with things from the media, constantly bombarded with things and entertainment to where it's very easy to go back into our shells and hide and just go to sleep. You know, a lot of times we have the thought that, you know, there's nothing we can do. Like, I can't do anything personally. I'm just one person. But we can each reach those around us. We can reach those. There's specific people that only you know. Like, I don't know a lot of people that you may know from work or from going around and seeing people. You may be the only one that's able to reach those people. And God has given you the responsibility to reach them. And he wants you to be awake. And that knowing the time, we have to know what time it is. We have to look at the time that God has given us and that it's time to wake up spiritually. You know, Satan's awake. We can see him working in the world. We can see the attacks spiritually everywhere. And Satan's constantly working against us. 
Satan's constantly working against the church. He constantly wants us to fail. I know that um, in my life, you know, he, uh, Satan tries to discourage us. He tries to put us back to sleep. Says it's easier to stay asleep than to try and reach the world because, you know, they don't care anyway. They don't want to hear what you have to say. But God is counting on us to share that. And that is uh, something that, you know, I've wanted to work on that the Lord really convicted me about with working on this sermon. God gives us the encouragement we need and the strength we need to get out of our comfort zone, stand up, and keep pressing on when Satan wants to keep us down. One thing that can help us stay awake is realizing that we only have a short time left to work. As it says in this verse, it's time for us to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. Verse number 12, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. It's no longer nighttime. It's, it's time to work. It's daytime. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. It is time for us to get to work and we only have a short time to do it. Uh, we need to be uh, working towards the goal of reaching others with Christ, you know, sharing hope with others as we talk about at the church here. This past week has been a very tough week, especially for this area. I know all over the world, many things happen every day, but uh, lots of tragic events, you know, as we talked about this morning. Um, I actually know people, I know a lot of people know them personally as well with uh, the head-on collision car accident. 26 years old, taken from this world. Didn't know how much time he had left. Um, in Tilsonburg, there was an accident at Marwood, a very similar kind of place to where I work. You know, the, that person, uh, 44 years old, didn't know that they were going into work for the last time that day. We, do, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Barry had a tornado that ripped through there the last couple of days. Thankfully, from what I've seen in news reports, no one was killed, but people were seriously injured. Buildings were destroyed and lives were changed forever. We don't know if these people were Christians, and uh, we don't know them personally, but it's that none of them expected what had happened to them that day was going to happen. We let our clocks rule our lives, telling us what time it is and looking at how much time has passed. However, our clocks cannot show us how much time each of us has left. You never know if the opportunity that God gives you to reach someone may be their last opportunity to hear the truth. Do not let it pass you by. We never know. We never know what's going to happen. As I said in James, the Bible says in James, that our life is but a vapor. I don't know about you, but when I'm boiling water and I see a vapor, it's gone like that. We don't, we're not promised much time. We're not promised tomorrow. Yet we all just live our lives acting like we're guaranteed tomorrow when there is no guarantee of tomorrow. God wants us to live each day of our life to the fullest for Him not wasting it on things of this world, not wasting it on things that we want to do, but looking forward to what God has for us to do, being awake spiritually, and being ready for those opportunities that we, He has for us. One thing that can also help us stay awake is that we have the truth. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And in John 14.6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We have the truth this, uh, that will help people get to heaven. Again, it's not us that's doing the saving. It's Jesus Christ. He gives us the opportunity to share him, and then each person individually makes that decision to trust Jesus Christ. But are we taking those opportunities? Are we sharing the truth? Or are we hiding the truth? Are we asleep? 
Again, it's kind of hard to share the truth when you're asleep. I, uh, you may talk in your sleep sometimes, but most of the time it's very incoherent and you don't know what you're saying. It's normally people telling you afterwards what you're saying. But if you think about being awake, you know you're cognitive, you're thinking, you know exactly what you're saying to others. And uh, the truth does not mind being questioned and a lie does not like being challenged. It's okay if you're out sharing the gospel and people have questions. You know, don't be offended by questions. We have the truth. It's okay if you don't have the answer for them right away, but that's why we're awake, we're ready, and we're searching out God's word to be able to give them that answer. Now, thinking about that, we can only share the truth if we have the truth ourselves. You have to be 100% certain that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and that you're on the way to heaven before you can share that with others. You can't share a truth that you don't have in your own heart. So I encourage you tonight to think about that. You know, I don't know everybody here personally, but I know, uh, or anybody listening online, but I know that uh, Jesus loves you. He gave himself on the cross to die for you, and he wants to take you to heaven with him when you die someday. And you have to think about that, that uh, most people miss heaven by 18 inches, and that's a dis distance from your heart to your brain. Most people have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ. And as I've shared with someone recently, you know, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you have a knowledge of Jesus. But if I can share this with you, that the Bible says that the devils also believe and tremble. The devils know exactly who Jesus is. Jesus had to rebuke the devils in the Bible to not talk about him because they knew who he was. So we have to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to know personally in our hearts and believe that Jesus Christ has saved us because it's not enough to know about Jesus. It's not enough to have a knowledge about something. We have to accept Jesus Christ into our lives. So think about this. If you had a bank account each day that credited you with $86,400 that carried over no balance from day to day, allowed you to keep no extra money that was left over at the end of the day, and it canceled out everything and gave you a new account every morning with another $86,400, you know, what would you do with that account if you knew you couldn't keep it? I know me personally, I would withdraw and use everything that I could. I would invest in, you know, real estate, invest in cryptocurrency. I know that's a big thing right now. You would invest, as we talked about, uh, is our church theme for this year. We would invest that money, invest that uh, from that our account. Yet we already have that exact thing, and it's called time. Every morning, God credits us with 86,400 seconds. Every night, it rules as lost, whatever of that we did not invest properly. It allows no overdrafts, and nothing can be borrowed from the other day, and nothing carries over. Each day, the Lord gives us a new account. If we fail to use it, that time is lost. There's nothing we can do to get that time back that we've lost. And there's no going back. So how are you using your God-given moments? Psalm 90.12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Are we using the time that God has given us wisely or are we sleeping? It is time for us to wake up. Will you answer his call? As we looked at today, are you awake? Can God even get a hold of you? Are you awake enough to be able to hear the call of God? Or when we hear that call, do we hit the snooze? Do we ignore those opportunities that God has given us because we always think that we'll have more time? Again, God does not promise us tomorrow. 
Accidents happen. That's why they're called accidents. There's nothing we can do to control them. And we never know, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. So are we using every opportunity that we can to reach others for Christ? Or are we hitting the snooze on God's call? Uh, let's pray and I'll Pastor Holmes to come up and close us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, thank you for the message that uh, you've given today. And Lord, just please help it to be used in uh, people's hearts. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to preach. And Lord, once again, just thank you for this time and thank you for this Sunday evening. In Jesus' name, amen.